0: On this installment of The Grind to Find, we're going to be discussing a scale to quantify time with God, discussing God identity basics, and five areas to explore to grow in your God identity. So cuddle up in a cozy space with something warm to sip on because The Grind becomes official right now. Greetings, family, greetings, and welcome to The Grind to Find. Terrell and Michelle here, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, helping high-achieving women find fluidity between their emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being while bridging the gap between who they are in service and who they were designated to be by our creator. Welcome back, and if this is your first time here, welcome, welcome to The Grind to Find. I am so excited for this month, not just today, but this month, because we're going to be diving into to God identity, but in a lot of different ways. Today, is going to be all about that 80-20 lifestyle, and I'm going to get deeper into that in just a moment. But before I do, if you haven't already, log on to grinddefine.com click on feed, and that way you can follow me on any of the apps that you choose. Grind Define is everywhere that you can get a podcast. Just make sure you click that notification bell so you will be updated when I upload. That's for that plain tea. But if you decide you want some extras in your tea, listen, I am in sunny Florida. However, the weather has changed a little bit. Some of you guys who are up in Chicago, where I'm originally from, you're in new york if you're in tennessee if you're in ohio listen if you're in places indiana where the weather starts to cut up around this time of the year you probably have a little something extra that you put in your tea to stay warm you know sometimes i just like a good hot toddy because who doesn't want to feel that way sometimes i don't know anyway i'm not gonna put my stuff on you if you like extras in your tea Like the behind the scenes with the show, Uh, staying up to date with anything, any changes that are going on with TGD. Like the fact that the Grind define has been picked up by the Love Radio Network. I'm going to get more into that in a minute because that's just good, good stuff. But if you're on the list, you know about that. You know about the details with that. If you like extras in your tea, then you're going to want to at thegrinddefine.com Click on join the list and also if you want to find out what's up with this whole Love Radio Network thing on thegrinddefine.com, all you have to do is click on Love Radio Network and you'll be able to check out me and the Grind to find there as well. I'm so excited to be a part of this amazing network with just outstanding talent, outstanding people, black excellence all the way. I'm a Black-owned business, small business as well. So to be able to partner with somebody next leveling up with what it is that they do, and I mean just the caliper of what's going on over at Love Radio, I just feel blessed. I feel fortunate, especially since the Grind to Fine just launched September 10th of this year. So listen, I'm going to tell you, you just never know. When God is going to show up and show out and make some things happen. It's all about positioning with whatever his mission is for your gifts in your life. And um, that's it. That's all. But that that's not exclusive to me. That's to everyone within the sound of my voice. God is positioning you as well. And so that's why this conversation around God identity is such an important conversation to have. And it's great uh, to be able to have some different contexts, some layers, some different ways to view some things because, hey, it's knowledge from different spaces and places that comes in many different ways that can help to make sense of some of the things that we're doing individually along our journey in life so this episode is going to be great in that regard because if you've been with me from the beginning then you know that we started off talking about the power of our words and then we segued into the next month that was let me see the power of our words that was in september throughout october Uh, We dealt with mindset, the spiritual mindset, and some different ways to prepare that space, to cleanse that space and prepare that space. And then now it's only fitting that we go into our identity in God to continue to do work from that space. So, you know, the order is definitely important in which I'm choosing to talk about these things. And that's always going to be something that's going to be true for the grind to find. The content and the order of the content has meaning has importance all right and uh we're also going to you're going to start to hear from soon some different folks who have stopped by TGD studios that I had the privilege and the honor of interviewing to share some really cool stuff with you guys I mean beyond cool actually I'm trying to think of a a word that's like all-encompassing for the dopeness that's it to share some dopeness with you guys that's what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. and speaking of dopeness you know what (laughs) um I really appreciate <laughs> I really appreciate how, uh, some of you choose to engage with me with the emails. This, this is, this is becoming interesting. It's, it's, um, yeah, <laughs> it's some of the questions that I get and the, the, the subject matter, it doesn't always have to do with the show topics per se. There are conversations that are spinning off that are dealing specifically with a meaning that someone took from a show. They don't always tell me that up front, but yeah, even, Eventually it circles around to that, but listen, I, um, I definitely appreciate the engagement. Uh, I appreciate, um, because I'm overly analytical anyway, you giving me something to be like, well, you know, but it's cool. It's it's all good. (laughs) I appreciate, um, you guys showing up. It's not just about supporting me. I like the fact that what's going on over here resonates with you. And so that's, that's why I do it. That's why I do what I do. And that's why I'm like, okay, God, I guess you were right. How do you tell your creator that you guess they were right? Makes no sense. But anyway, there's a lot of things that go on with me that don't make sense. So I'm right where I'm supposed to be. (laughs) So... Sliding a little bit into setting up today, there are a few things that I want you to know about where we're going to be going before we go ahead and get into where we're going. Now there's a book that's called uh, The Life I Love. It is an anthology, a national best-selling anthology that I had the privilege and honor of being a part of. Um, I also had the privilege and honor of uh, performing the trailer for this book. And uh, I actually wrote and performed the trailer for this book, which was a lot of fun. I mean, the women in this book are extremely talented and it was so much fun to do that trailer because the trailer actually it's done as a spoken word piece when you're listening to the trailer the way everything flows you would think that this was the story of one woman's life it's actually uh something that I put together that I thought would flow nicely if it was spit from the perspective and I say spit because you know spit in poetry is a Chicago thing you know but anyway (laughs) if it was spit from the perspective of being just one person if you want to check out that trailer uh you can go to um, my link on thegrinddefined.com. click on Love Radio Network and it's right there on my page. You can check that out. But there was in my section within the book, it's entitled, Bear Your Bones. I spoke about me being 80-20 with my relationship with God. 80% being operating mostly in flesh and 20% operating in the spirit and how it was important for me to flip that. So what had happened was, and you know it's a good story when you hear what had happened. What had happened was one of my co-authors um, held a book club that featured *The Life I Love*, and these sisters in this book club—they were not playing. NT games, not any NT games. They did not have time to play. When she reached out to us, when Sister Danita reached out to the authors to see who could be present for the reading of this book, um, I was available and I was like, absolutely, I think it's cool. She said, okay, well, I'm gonna send you the list of questions, y'all. These women had 12 questions on my chapter, and I'm not talking some rinky-dink, superficial. Listen, they combed through these chapters. They broke stuff down to the very last compound. I was reading these questions like, I am here for all of this. These sisters were not playing any games and they wanted to know how did you quantify time with God in your life? Or actually, not just time, how was I able to quantify my connection with God in my life? Because they said they hadn't heard of it before. So, that's where the idea for me, not only doing this show, but actually creating um, a talk around this topic that I'm going to be sharing with you. So you're actually going to be the first to get a taste, the TGD listeners, Grind to Find listeners, you're going to be the first to get a taste of what this talk will be about because I haven't yet released it. I wrote it, but I haven't released it yet. So I'm going to dive into a little bit of that with you. So that's where this whole concept comes from. So I thought it would be helpful to not only have a way in which you can quantify the presence of god in your life and not just the presence but how your actions and activity connect directly to that presence but also too to be able to connect to areas of your identity that are important to be aware of because your ability to connect and to strengthen your identity in god can definitely be hindered if you're not aware of these areas so i just just wanted to give you some context for where this came from from. The Life I Love, uh, that anthology, of course, you can pick that up if you like and become a part of the discussion. And you can do that again uh, thegrinddefine.com. If you click on Love Radio Network, you can go right there to my page. And for TGD listeners, there's a special gift that I have for anyone who wants to pick up that work so that you'll be able to get that gift. That's specifically for Love Radio Network, TGD listeners. You can get that there. You can't get it. On my website, you have to get that code by going to the Love Radio Network. The link on thegrounddefined.com to to be able to get that code. So I hope you do because I definitely um, I'm going to have another reading that's going to be coming up. You'll find out about that later. It won't be until 2022. I can tell you that. But if you want to be a part of that and you want to be able to have that discussion live, definitely uh, you're going to want to pick up that book. Just wanted to give you that context. Now we're going to go ahead and. Glide into the content for today. First up is gonna be the spoken spotlight. A brief word after that, and then I'll see you right back here so that we can go ahead and get this God identity party started. Keep it locked. Spoken Spotlight. Heavenly Father, time is passing faster than ever before. So much so it's hard to ignore the sense of urgency you make clear to me. Yet still it's hard to see a way beyond the pathway open, free, and laid by the world. In your scripture, I am your girl, in your image, a mirror of perfection. Then by injection of your son's seed, I tell myself he is to play the lead role in my story. I give you glory, second to his soothing voice and magnetic skin. The essence, the scent of him draws me in, creating my sanctuary. It should have been scary how my need for safety, guidance, and peace took me to my knees. My goal was to please his every desire, and the thought of us becoming one set my soul on fire. My thighs ablaze and quivering, shaking 9.6 on the Richter scale, the rippling effect draining until my once rich melanin goes pale. Swiftly, I exhale. The exhaust I huff mingled with the perfect mix of our sense as feeling alive withers with the decline of the climax. Should I repent? As I lay, I spent those moments with him while wanting you, but later. It's not that your son is greater, but he's here to feed all senses and calm with a touch. I need you both so much. Yet I know I have to choose because every time he goes in, when he comes out, he takes pieces of you, leveling your house for my soul to the ground how profound when I found myself lost in the taste of his abundance. Damn, the redundancy is flying high only to fall flat yet again in him. I knew I could win if only we, or I could tweak parts of our fail. We'd soon see victory. It was I, then him, then life, and once that was solid, I came to see what you'd say. But The way I prayed for your direction was by getting split in sections that should have been protected as I waited in stillness for you. So now, I don't know if there's much left I can do. How am I supposed to create that space, that sacred place for you and all this? Please, Lord, hear my prayer while calming my body, my heart. This time, I can't afford to miss. Amen. Let's face it, our health is our wealth and a critical component in defining our grind every day. This is Terrell and Michelle, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, and I want to invite you to join my ongoing journey to make my temple, my body, the primary gear in my grind to the next level. Log on to TerrellandMichelle.com and click on wellness to see my journey, testimonials, and schedule a chat to learn how to become a member of Team Terrelland. Hey, don't wait until the new year to start. Go into the new year with results. So let's begin our discussion by defining identity and we're going to define identity as who we experience ourselves to be so then our god identity is who we experience ourselves to be in god and this discussion is one that is so wonderful to have because throughout the course of this content the intention is to get you thinking a lot more deeply about what you want your God identity to be, to be able to examine what your God identity is now and exactly, or what steps you want to take to shape that identity as you move on throughout the course uh, of your life. So here are two questions that I'm going to pose right now. And we'll revisit them a little bit later on in the conversation. The first question is, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of who you are? That's question number one. Question number two, which aspect of identity do you struggle with most so I want to throw those out there right now just for you to have a moment to ponder them and then we'll circle back around to them later so identity is something that can be tricky for most of us because the way the world is set up today there's a predisposition for us to take identity on in the physical sense and so when we're talking about god identity who we experience ourselves to be in God. It's important to make sure that you're not skewing that definition and mixing in the spiritual meaning of it with a physical context. Now, some examples of identity being more physical is for those of us out there, and there are lots of us out there who one of these categories are going to fit, who affix our identity to things that we do. For example, someone having the profession of being some type of doctor, instead of that being what they do, it becomes, or they they decide that it's who they are. So a physical way in which we're identifying with our identity is going to be through jobs. Financial status is another one, because if you think throughout the course of history, some of the most catastrophic things that have happened that have resulted in substantial losses of money for people and and especially people who have a certain wealth and status. That is the way in which they're used to living. They don't know the other side of it or if they did know the other side of it, it's been so far removed that them being impoverished at one point in time is no longer part of their identity. They've taken on what it means to be someone who has means. Uh, If you think about um, the stock crash of 19, I think it was 29, if you think of that, if you think of uh, some of the huge losses that have happened throughout the course of time, um, other than that on Wall Street, that's why there's such a close correlation between the loss, significant loss of money or wealth and suicide. And that's because losing a certain amount of money can change someone's financial status. And if their identity is attached to having means, then that can be a hit to who they believe they are. Success, certain levels of success for some people, they take on as being who they are instead of just something that they've achieved. And there are other things like grades, appearance. Okay, we're in the age of excessive plastic surgery. We all know about the, the fake butts. There's some of fake everything. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine. Um, it was a few weeks ago. And I mentioned to him on the phone about men out there that get the, the fake calves. You know, People who want big calves. So, you know, they, they work out in the gym and maybe genetically they're not meant to have the calves. Well, just like the women go get the fake butts, there are men who get the fake calves and the fake chest. But well, it's, it's equivalent to breast implants. But. They get the the fake chest and the fake calves, and there are some other things that men do. So if you're listening to this and you're like, what? Yes, Google it. That's a thing. But appearance is something that um, definitely people take on as who they are. And to show you that, that that's the case, you know, one could argue that. Someone who gets plastic surgery is just about them feeling better about themselves. Well, I think in some instances that's true, but then there are other instances where altering the way that you look to fit into what's acceptable, what's desirable. For someone else, um, let's just take women, for instance. The whole Fashion Nova body thing is a thing, and if you're not familiar with uh, Fashion Nova, it's a it's an online uh, boutique, if you will, or online store. They have clothing for men, women, children. Doesn't matter, but. Those models on there, the Instagram models, they all have a particular look and it's like everybody goes to the same surgeon to get that look. But there are certain women who not only like the way that that looks for them, but it's desirable to men and it's desirable to maybe agencies or people who are looking to book models with a specific look. So at the end of the day, that's another example of identity being attached to what you look like and what others might say about you because of what you look like. So when we think about these physical connections to identity, jobs, financial status, success, grades for students, whether you're someone who's a a younger person in school or maybe someone who's a returning student or someone who is just a habitual student where they just love to learn and get all these different accolades no matter what when you have those physical connections to identity then it's much easier for your identity to become shaky for that identity to be challenged throughout life, because it's only natural that no matter what area of life we're in, we're going to experience failure. At some point, whatever your reason may be, let's say, for example, appearance, if that's the physical expression of your identity that you're using, you're still only going to be appealing to some and not all. And maybe someone that you uh, had hooks in because of the way that you looked initially, that could change. you lose favor with them or in the situation where identity is affixed to your job or whatever you do as a place of service, what happens if you no longer have that? Those are instances in which your identity can take a direct hit because you've taken on a way to experience yourself that is external without a true connection of experiencing yourself, your God identity internally. So then who are we? How do we know Who we are and who we are in God, since that's what this conversation is about. I want to share with you, let's visit Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. And I'm uh, going to share with you the NIV version today. And it says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through jesus christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to praise in his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the ones he loves in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of god's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ in him we are also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him he works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were first to put our hope in Christ might be for praise of his glory and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, a promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now, I wanted to read all of that through for you because there's so much within that first chapter, those verses 3 through 14, that tell us exactly who we are and to summarize everything that was there. There are five areas that tell us who we are in God. And with each one of those areas, there's a direct challenge that we all have to deal with in this flesh when we're talking about our God identity. According to Ephesians, who we are in God is accepted, we are set free, we are covered by grace, we are adopted, and we are guaranteed everything that God says that we are. The challenges to our identity within these same things are the opposing sides of all of them. For example, Ephesians says that we're guaranteed, yet a challenge would be the feelings of uncertainty. Ephesians says that we are accepted. The challenge to our identity would be feeling rejected. Ephesians says that we are covered by grace, yet a challenge to our identity would be feeling as though we're subject to the laws of this land. Ephesians lets us know that we are adopted, yet so many ways throughout this world we feel orphaned. And Ephesians definitely lets us know that we are set free, yet we fight every day, a lot of us, with feeling like we're shackled and in chains. And so within the context of those specific things, I go back to the questions that I posed at the beginning of this episode. And those two questions just to remind you were, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of who you are? That was question number one. And question number two was, which aspect of identity do you struggle with? Of the five areas that I mentioned, which one of those one resonates most with you? It's important for you to be able to answer that question because as you start to journey and go deeper into your work with refining your identity, where you struggle is going to be your sacred space of emphasis, if you will, when it comes to prayer and time with God. And then the first thing that comes to mind when you think of who you are, I'm going to come back to that because I'm going to give you what I believe the answer should be. But keep with you what your answer is as we go into the scale for quantifying God in your life. Now, I started off talking about this 80-20 divide within oneness with God, all right? So in the book, The Life I Love, my chapter, "Barrier Bones, in that book I detailed feeling like I was rotting from the inside out, that I had rotting bones and flesh that was covered by this pretty skin. I spoke of having a spiritual death and wanting to be able to find a way to be reborn within my body, to be able to escape the weight of feeling as though I was riding from the inside out without having to physically die because of course, you know, suicide wasn't an option. But if we think about it, you only get this one body. When you're born into this body, this is it. You can make whatever changes or alterations you want to, to uh, make yourself appear aesthetically different. But at the end of the day, You're born in it and there's only one way out of it. And so sometimes feeling like, man, I wish there was a way out. What people don't understand is that there is a way out. They talk about being reborn again. Well, that's actually putting it lightly, you know, to be reborn again means that you have to go through what it means to die within this body. But if you know how to apply the word of God to that space of transition, it's absolutely doable. It does not come without its shares of pains to make that death happen. Death rarely is something... Um, that's easy in any way that we think about it, but it definitely becomes something that's doable and it's worth it to go through that area of transformation, that downside, to reach the other side of re of rebirth, which is definitely being on the highest of an upside that anyone can be. So let's get into the scale and let's let's break it down a little bit. Let's let's make some sense out of this. Now what I did was to quantify. I broke this up into five different areas. We start off at 20% or less, which is considered the afterthought stage. Up to 40% is considered occasional. Up to 60% is considered necessary. Up to 80% is considered vital. And then we'll talk a little bit about 100% and why that was never mentioned in any of this so now let's let's get to it let's get into breaking this down so the 20 percent of less the afterthought stage what this is denoting is that within your life god is an afterthought specifically there is an acknowledgement that there is something greater than who you are and that which is greater is something that you should connect to and want to connect to in this connection you understand that there is relief or reprieve but at the current state that you're in you have little or no tools for your mindset and coming to this space of recognition that there is something greater than you is usually something that is brought on because of a situation that you could not manage don't know how to manage. And even if you connect to that space, it's more so with a superficial knowledge and an ask, and that's about it. There really is no activity, that's connecting you to God in any substantial or meaningful way. It's just basically at this point, some knowledge of, some awareness of, when it's a benefit at any given time. This is the space that you're in, the afterthought space. Then God in your life is 20% or less. So the second stage on the scale to quantify your time with God in your life is the occasional stage. And that's for people who are up to 40% of time spent with God in their life. And and in this occasional stage, what this means is that you make attempts at connecting to God, but the effort is so much of a challenge that it's not yet habitual. It is what I would like to call semi-consistent, meaning that there is a plan that you may have in place for example let's say you say three days a week i'm going to take 30 minutes and i'm going to spend that time with just me and god and maybe you've even crafted for that time that you set what you'd like to do within that time now you may have moments of that three days uh, per week let's say you have that couple months then you're off four months. And then you may have another couple weeks on. Then you may be off six months or whatever. The point of the matter is, is that you're super seeking in this stage. There is an awareness that there's a need for some stability in your mindset and maybe even some tools. You may even have danced and played around with the idea of community and commitment or um, creating commitment for yourself by including others but you're not yet ready to have the responsibility that comes with other people being a part of your journey number one because you haven't quite figured it out for yourself and number two Uh, some of that stability for you is most likely going to come when you find a stable footing for yourself on your own accord. So it's definitely not an afterthought. It's definitely at the forefront of your mind. It's definitely something that you're working to practically apply, but there's still so much of uh, the newness, uh, a babe, if you will, being a babe in the process that there's still much more work to be done for people in this stage. The next stage is going to be the necessary stage, and that's for people who have up to 60% of time that's spent in their life in dedication to God. And when you get to the necessary stage, definitely there is a habitual connection with independent study. There's a uh individual ideas have been formed. And this stage, when I talk about individual ideas, this is so important because for folks who are in the occasional stage, that's a stage where a lot of people, for me specifically, I was still seeking by asking. There was a whole lot that I would try to do on my own, but I lacked a foundation or an independence of thought to really be able to set a foundation for myself. So I would have some things that I would dibble dabble in. But I still didn't have enough. I think it was a combination of openness and awareness to really be able to create a foundation for myself. And so a lot of my thought around that time was most of what I had gotten externally. And I hadn't really learned how to take in the word of God and study To a space where I had formed some independent thought of my own, and I was taking that independent thought into situations and conversations with others, uh, which makes your ability to be able to adhere to certain concepts a whole lot more effective, (laughs) for lack of better words, makes it a whole lot more effective because you're communicating based on your own understanding, your own conclusions that you've drawn and that you've come to, and when you bring those into other conversations instead of someone actually influencing and forming what you should think, they're just giving you different information that you can take based on what you already believe and what you've already come uh, become comfortable with on your own to assess what information is worth keeping and what information is worth discarding. So I think that that's why that's an important component to have. We're in the 40 percentile, the occasional range. That's not quite there just yet uh, for some folks. So anyway, back to the necessary stage with the 60 percent. There is an awareness that is so potent and so very aligned that when you're in the necessary stage you're practicing on all levels of vibration if you think about chakras a lot of people who are dealing with challenging things within their lives challenging spaces that they seem to stay in and can't get out of that's because they're typically operating on a very low vibration um, I won't go off into that on here. I, I started to talk a little bit about it, but yeah, that'll slide into um, an altogether different realm. We'll visit, revisit it in another episode. But uh, in this stage, there also is a deep connection and commitment to community and study. And at this stage, you're very comfortable in what your God identity is. In this stage, you've sifted through the five areas that we talked about earlier. And within those areas, any spaces that you found that were weak spots, you've learned how to navigate them. And in this stage, the necessary stage, you know how to use the tools that you've acquired for your mindset. You know how to navigate those challenges as they come along and you don't take them in, you don't allow them into your temple because now you know how to keep that space of purity for your spiritual mindset, just that way, pure. And if something comes in, you definitely are aware of how to filter that out. So because God has become necessary, you have done the work as to where you've gotten to a space where you've created and designated a special place for your study and for all of the things that are necessary in God to keep you strong and ready to combat anything that comes your way. The vital stage. You move from necessary to vital. And this is for people that are within that 61 on up to 80%. Of course, within this stage, study is habitual. This is a lifestyle at this point that is heavily connected to community, heavily connected to modeling through the lifestyle that you live. Now, within the necessary stage, of course, there is some modeling, absolutely, because you're connected to and habitual with things. But when you get to the vital stage, you've gone beyond just modeling to actually being able to teach and take on spaces of leadership, not only for yourself, but you're crafting other leaders in the process just by sharing who you are in God and how you're able to work that in the face of all of the challenges that life can bring to you. Uh, you're consistent with a high bright vibration lifestyle, and there is full ownership of your God identity within the vital stage. And there's so much more that I can talk about with the vital stage. But again, this is just an introduction to some of this material. You will hear about some of it later on in more detail. And I even plan for our in 2022 to have more in-depth, not just conversations, but actual interactions and coursework to get deeper into these things. So um, make sure that you go to grindfind.com click on join the list, make sure you're on the list so that you can find out when to expect those things to emerge. Now for the last one. The 100%, the reason why this one wasn't actually a part of the list, it wasn't mentioned is uh, because I don't believe that there is a point of self-actualization when it comes to time with God, meaning that I don't believe that there ever becomes a space where you're 100% self-sustained in the time that you have with God and um, there's no need for any more. So 80% on my scale is the highest that you can get and that's because that last 20% is left to account for a continued study, the ebb and flow of life. Because as we know, um, none of us will ever get to a space, even if you're 80% God being vital in your life, none of us will ever get to a space where there's not adjustments that we need to make, areas in which we need to continue to grow, more in which um, we'll need to study. We all know that you can come to a space within your spirituality where you're proficient, but because we're evolutionary creatures and God is always looking to take us higher. As long as we're alive, there's always another level that God wants to take us to if we're willing. And so in order for us to be taken to that next level, there has to be a space of disruption, which means that the same level of understanding and way in which you were able to navigate on level six, it's not going to be exactly that same way on level seven. Why? Because it's a different level. You may see the same thing on a higher level, but it hit you different. It looks different. And there are some ways in which you'd have to navigate it differently simply because it's a level that you hadn't been to before. So the last 20% accounts for that, that ebb and flow in every area of your life. We're talking about personally, we're talking about in terms of community, we're talking about in terms of relationships in every aspect that you can think of, just in navigating in every area of this physical life. That's what that opening in the last 20%, is all about. So the question that I left unanswered all the way up until this point is, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of who you are? And I'm curious to know what some of your answers have been up until this point, but the answer that I have, especially if you're someone who is embracing your God identity, that is who you experience yourself to be in God first and foremost within your life, if you're more spiritual on this side of this, as opposed to physical, your answer should be someone who loves God deeply. Because if your answer to who you think you are is someone who loves God deeply, then that means that when things hit you within this life, the space of loving God deeply is where you're going to come from first. And that's the challenge. There's a predisposition because we're born in the physical and the physical is immediate, something that we can touch, taste, smell, all of that good stuff. Because that's immediate and it's there, we tend to go there first, which is the reason why at one point in time in my life, I was living that 80-20 existence where 80% of the way that I operated was from my flesh first and the 20% of spirituality, I was in the afterthought stage for, for many years, for many years. That's the reason why that was like that. And I think that that's something that can be true for the average person, but it's up to us once we decide that, hey, this God identity thing I want to dig deeper into and I want to really get to know who I am specifically in God what particular areas do I need to focus on and that resonate with me. And I want to say this too before closing with you that this scale that I gave, it's just a very broad, high-level overview. Of course, there can be a little more or a little less of anything within this scale. I don't care where anyone is on this scale. There's never a space where there's not more that any of us can do so let me know your thoughts shoot me an email connect at the grind to and let me know what you think but that is it for content today i hope you have enjoyed your time with me today as always it's a pleasure to be here with you if you haven't already um shared this broadcast with someone um why are you being like that <laughs> share the love share the grind to find with someone who you think would love to take a listen to what's going on here and maybe spark some conversation conversation if you haven't followed me already that's okay you still have time go to the grind to click on feed for that plain tea if you want something extra in your tea then you're definitely going to want to join the list and hey you have to you must check me out on the love you want to check me out there that's easy to do everything that you need to know about me and how to get in touch with me it's at the grind to click on love radio network check out my page there there are some goodies going on including a direct connect to the Life I Love anthology, that national bestseller. Very proud of that. Not I uh, absolutely love for you to become a part of that conversation. Also, you've been hearing about the Spoken Spotlight. Um, any of you out there spit? You got something that you want to air on the grind to find? Well, I sure would like to hear about it. Go ahead and shoot me that email and let me know if you're an artist and you might want to share some of what you have. With myself and the listeners on The Grind Define. Connect at TheGrindDefine.com. As always, remember, you have to define your grind and never let The Grind Define you. Terrell and Michelle out. Until next time, peace and abundant blessings.